0: Hello, and welcome to Profiles. I'm Linda Swain, and our guest today is none other than Fred Hutton, longtime broadcaster and now elected official. Well, Fred Hutton, thank you very much for taking the time to do this with us today.
1: Linda Swain, kindly welcome. Um, You know, it's the least I could do after you've uh, spent 35 years in journalism in Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh, And I I should start by congratulating you on that tremendous milestone.
0: Well, listen, this is not about me. This is about you today. And uh, you have a similar vintage in this uh, industry and this business. How did you ever get started in broadcasting?
1: Oh, my. So uh, I was at MUN trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I'm going to say it was 1985. And uh, a really good friend of mine at the time, and uh, I suppose she won't mind me mentioning her name, Jennifer Dunn was uh, part of uh, CHMR radio, the Munn radio station there. And, um, you know, we were chatting one day, and she said, you should come up and do a board test and, you know, have a look at uh, at this, uh, what we're doing at the radio station. So I went in, I, you know, absolutely uh, loved uh, music. And, I mean, in our time, you and I working together, of course, we... Always talked a little bit about music. You, you, you knew a lot about the, the history of music. We liked a lot of the same stuff. Um, I was probably one of the original members of the Columbia House uh, cassette and then CD, <laughs> right, uh, mailing list. Had uh, tons of music, still really enjoy that. So at that point, it was really about that, and I got in there. Then I got into sort of the nuts and bolts of radio, and, um, you know, I think I had a, a role at one point in terms of uh, putting out the traffic logs, which is basically just, you know, a list of when the commercials run and when certain spots run and uh, promos and IDs, and I really loved it. And after about a year of doing that and – um You know, really sort of immersing myself more in CHMR than I did in my schoolwork. I can remember uh, literally driving down Elizabeth Avenue one day after my dad picked me up from Mon and said, uh, he said to me, why don't you uh, do something with radio or journalism or something? You seem to really want to do that. And to be honest, I, at the time, hadn't really thought about it as a career, Um, but it sort of sparked my interest. And I think at the same time, at Mon on the same level as the uh, as CHMR was the uh, a, a, like a career counseling place. and I went over there and I looked for places that offered journalism and broadcast schools. And there was a bunch. Uh, I applied to a bunch, and I ended up getting accepted to one out in uh, British Columbia, Burnaby, which is basically right outside of Vancouver, right next to it. I went out there for a couple of years and uh, absolutely adored the uh, the program. Came back here, got a job, of course, uh, with uh, NTV, and the rest, as they say, is history.
0: Indeed. And, I mean, you're in this new role now. Uh, Did you ever imagine, you know, that your career would take this kind of a trajectory? I'm not.
1: I I don't know. I can't completely rule it out. And people have asked me a lot over the last couple of months since I decided to run for politics. Um, I'd said it before. I had been asked. Uh, during my journalism career, which lasted 30 years um, and a bit, um, you know, why, you know, have I, had I ever thought of this or whatever, and I absolutely loved f- covering politics, following Newfoundland and Labrador politics, and You know, for me, Election Day was was like Christmas, right, for journalists, and Budget Day was great. I just always loved that sort of excitement around old school uh, campaigns and things like that. I mean, when we came through COVID, it was quite different uh, when Premier Fury started, but... Like you know the the old sherstown marching bar- brass band, and I mean just this past week we saw um you know Prime Minister Brian Mulroney, former prime minister, pass away, and remembering watching the highlights from the eighty three election ca- leadership campaign when John Crosby was involved because you know a Newfoundlander was there, and that was right around the time I was in grade eleven or twelve and sort of just becoming more aware of things around uh, around me at the time politically and just watching that i 'd always had an interest, but you know, even when I came to work with Premier Fury back in 2020, when I decided to retire from broadcasting and journalism, I honestly at that point in time didn't think that this is where I would end up. I, I thought my role would be to uh, support him and to help as an advisor there uh, to do what was needed in that capacity. Um, but, you know, as I've learned, as I get older, things change, opportunities arise. I've always had an interest in it a couple of times before when I was asked to run for various parties um, that the timing wasn't right for me personally. But this time, it just seemed like all the stars aligned. And uh, I got to say, I have absolutely no regrets. The election campaign itself was fabulous. Uh, It had so many people helping me. It was one of the things I didn't realize, even even though I had covered campaigns for so many years, is that on the other side of it, there are so many people that you know the reporters and others don 't see who are helping and supporting it just really is the sort of the fuel that keeps you going every day and uh, absolutely no regret so the, the the quick answer to your question is is at the time no i didn 't think that this is where it'd end up, but now that i 'm here, I realize that this is where I should be and uh, and i 'm really super grateful that I got the opportunity to do it and was successful uh, in the last in the by election and of course now since being uh, brought into cabinet, obviously, an even greater honor and privilege.
0: Any surprises for you? I, ha- I mean, after covering uh, politics in Newfoundland and Labrador for the last three decades, uh, d- was there anything that you said, "Wow, I wish I knew this years ago. I had no idea."
1: It's funny because when I left uh, journalism, within a couple of um, within a couple of weeks or maybe a week or so, somebody contacted me and said, "You don't know what you don't know." And I said, what do you mean? And, you know, when I'm in the room now, you know, talking about things that become news stories, there's so much more and so many other layers that are there that never gets touched by media. And it's not because it's been kept secret, it's just there's so much work that goes on behind the scenes that you don't know about, or reasons why, rationale why uh, certain decisions are made, the, the process is so complicated in terms of looking at every possible aspect of how it's going to be you know a decision that will impact the most people in the best way and you know not lots of times decisions are made and not everybody agrees with it but it just goes back to, you know, you try to do what's best for it, the greater good, right? the, the, you know, the, the greater number of people who will be benefited or or impacted. And I got to say, and I mean, I know this sounds like I'm paid to say it, but like, honestly, behind the scenes, the, the hundreds and the thousands of people who are working here, uh as part of this are really doing it for the right reason i mean like in any job there's gonna be people who are you know whatever just not as fully invested but for the most part everybody i've encountered here has been super helpful and you know really working hard and they've got that in mind and and that includes the people who run right the, uh, on both sides of of the house assembly just really like you know civic minded province minded Wanting what's best for people in Newfoundland and Labrador, and specifically their districts, obviously, but more so and you know like for the entire province of Newfoundland and Labrador. So that doesn't really come as a huge surprise to me, but it's just you get to see it firsthand from a different point of view. and I got to say it's really different standing facing the camera, being asked the questions versus being on the other side. I'm getting a little more used to it now, but the first few times it was really surreal and awkward.
0: Oh, for sure. And I'm sure you're going to have more of those uh, episodes ahead. Uh, But uh, how does uh, journalism or broadcasting or reporting inform what you're doing now? Like, does it give you that different kind of perspective in how to communicate?
1: Uh, I think, you know, look, I've said this, I said it the night that I launched my campaign and I had doubts leading right up to it like anybody would. Um, You know, you walk into a room and there's 120 people there and they all cheer and shout your name and, hey, you know. Um, But I thought of it as once I launched the campaign and then the reporters wanted to do a quick scrum, a quick media interview, the the group of them, as I was walking towards it, it just struck me that the parallel between being a reporter and being an MHA – there, there there are differences, obviously, where you stand when you're getting interviewed or whether you're doing the interview. That's one obvious thing, But, and I've said this a bunch of times. People don't tend to phone Linda Swain or their MHA when everything's going great with their life. They phone when they need help, right? And they phone because they need uh, assistance for whatever reason or something in their life has gone wrong and they need some light shone on it or they need some help navigating through government or if in the media case they need they need a light shone on something that's that's wrong for them and that needs to be fixed and that it's quite often how like you know more so than just the squeaky wheel getting the grease but um, you know fixing what's wrong so that it'll be right and this, so people will be helped. so that is really kind of the one main parallel and you know, being an MHA just in the first couple of weeks, the number of individuals that you get to help, it's basically the same as uh, in a newsroom where someone phones up and say, hey, look, here's my story. The only difference is, at the end of the day, you would put together a two-minute or, a, you know, a minute and 20-second voiceover in a report and then try to get the other side of the story. For us, we're basically doing the same here as uh, as an MHA from that perspective. You know, from the other side of it in terms of, of cabinet, it's um, shaping policy that would help, again, a wider range of people
0: you are working under a premier right now uh, but you've covered a lot of premiers over time any um, you know instances that come immediately to mind as a as an interesting story you want to relate
1: <laughs> you'll have to wait for the book Linda <laughs> um, you know I think in 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 terms of covering elections you um, I mean, it's just if you go back to the uh, when Roger Grimes became leader of the party, that was really like an interesting day.
0: Oh, wasn't uh, it though?
1: Was it- raging snowstorm outside. And I think we were in Mount Pearl at one of the hockey arenas there, which is where it took place. There's a couple thousand people in the arena, the big vote. Um, you know, obviously we came through. And when I say we, I mean, Premier Fury's leadership came through a time of COVID when, you know, the night that he was declared the leader, there was 42 people in a giant ballroom down at the convention center. Uh, and everybody was seated, seated, 12 feet apart and wearing masks. And, you know, we were limited. I think it was 48. I'm, I might be wrong on that number, but it was, it was not the usual, you know, hotel ballroom full of people. Um, and that was quite different. Uh, still very exciting and still very rewarding, but in terms of just that whole dynamic, it was quite different. Um, the um, you know there's just so many stories from 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 covering different things and you know I can remember actually just in the last couple of days remembering uh, looking at. Uh, A video that I had taken a while back And I think I was working with VOCM at the time At John Crosby's funeral Because the Prime Minister Mulroney had just uh, passed away And he eulogized, of course, Mr. Crosby And looking at that front row of people who included You know, the Prime Minister Mulroney, his wife I think uh, Senator Fury was there Joe Clark was there I think at the time, Premier Dwight Ball Justin Trudeau um, You know, all these people who I'd covered over a 30-year journalism career and, you know, always wondered what it's like on the other side where they're doing their jobs and, you know, where the MHAs are. And to get to see it from this perspective now is really quite something. It's kind of like it's, it's closed the circle for me, I think.
0: Our guest today on Profiles is Fred Hutton. I'm Linda Swain. We'll be back right after this.
1: Saturday morning, join us for the Irish Newfoundland Show. Send your request to NL at vocm.com or submit them online at vocm.com.
0: Welcome back. This is Profiles. I'm Linda Swain. Our guest today is Fred Hutton. A lot of people might say, you know, after, you know, a, a career that spanned three decades, reinventing yourself in many ways it's, it's kind of a brave move uh, so long into a career. Did you have, did you have any trepidation whatsoever?
1: No, uh, not at all, actually. Um, I mean, to, to work for, for Premier Fury, uh, well, I'll, I'll sort of tell you how that unfolded. Um, it was right around the time that he launched his leadership that he, uh, he had asked me to, uh, you know, someone with his group asked me to come and, and help with the campaign and, and to help with the leadership. And at the time, we were going through COVID, and you may recall that there was a two-month pause um, on the leadership at that point because COVID really, it, you know, the, the day that Premier Fury launched his campaign, literally a week later, everything was shut down. And I don't think people knew how much of an impact COVID was going to have on the world at that time. And for me, uh, my wife will tell you that I never make any snap decisions. I always need time to think about it and to, you know, I always joke that she told me when I first met her one day, she went out to buy a purse. She said, I got to go get a new purse. And when she came back, she had bought a camper, a pop-up camper off somebody. So I was like, that is definitely, we are opposites. That is not the way I operate at all, right? And so we had that little pause, which gave me a little bit of time to think about it. And I thought about how much runway I've got ahead of me in terms of career and how much I've got behind me. And I thought, if I'm ever going to do this now at 54, I think I was at the time, but I'm trying to do some quick mental math in my head. 53 or 54, it's been almost four years. yeah. So I thought, if I'm ever going to do this, I love politics. I really have bought into uh, the Premier's vision. We sat in my shed for four hours and chatted three or four hours and had multiple cups of tea. And I just wanted to pick his brain about why he wanted to do this, first of all, leave his career where he was, you know, having a nice life. And he still does, by the way, but, um, you know, just and and do this because it is sometimes a very, you know, thankless and there's a lot of pressure. And so then all of a sudden, not only is he doing this, but we're in the midst of going into the throes of a pandemic. And don't forget at the time, um, because of the economic situation, you know, the price of oil was basically down to zero dollars a barrel. And the the then premier had written the prime minister to say, we can't borrow money, Um, You know, we can't pay our our staff. We can't pay nurses, teachers, police officers, doctors. Uh, We need some help to borrow money. So that's not really an an enticing, uh, you know, opportunity. But he decided to go ahead with it anyhow. And, you know, I always go back to this one thing that the premier said during COVID. And he kept saying it over and over again. If we don't see this time of disruption as an opportunity to make changes, then that will be on us. You know, in terms of as history judges and, you know, so like literally within, you know, a couple of months of getting here, uh, the premier launched the health accord because we all know the issues that are associated with health uh, delivery in Newfoundland and Labrador and he'll he'll say it he's been on the record you know we're trying to do health deliver health care to Newfoundland and Labrador in 2024 for a model that was based on the 1960s and 70s and it just is not working we need to change it we need to change our mindset on it uh, as a people but also as you know administrators so I mean these all these visions sort of were things that were in line with where I was his values on on helping people and I mean in, in his line of work that's sort of innate uh, I kind of felt like I was doing that in journalism as well and I like I really enjoyed covering stories where I at the end of the day, could go home and say, all right, I just didn't go out and take pictures of an accident or a fire or or whatever. Like I did a story on somebody that actually helped them. And at the end of the day, like their family or whatever was better off because we had helped them as reporters or as our news organization. And I kind of saw the parallel with what MHAs have done over the last four years uh, or three and a half with the premier and watching what he did in his district and some of the other MHAs. And uh, it just kind of made sense. So um, it, it was kind of more of an evolution than making a great big, you know, leap. I guess the leap from journalism into, you know, the premier's office was a bit of a, a, a difference. But there, I always just felt like it was the same kind of thing. And my whole life I've dealt with dealing with people um, and, you know, just uh, I've much preferred it. Whenever I wanted to do an interview, people would say, okay, well, give me a call, ask And, I mean, I know we're doing this on the phone now uh, just because of scheduling issues, but I always preferred I wanted to come in and see you today versus doing it like this and as a journalist the same way or dealing with people as an MHA. Like I'll say, well, I'll pop by rather than – I mean, you can't always do it, but it's just uh, in, in dealing with people has always been something that I've really enjoyed. And when you can help them too, if that's, you know, your role or your job – that's the
0: bonus to it as well. You just mentioned time constraints there. And, I mean, this business, you know, you've been on this side of uh, things for a long time, as have I. Uh, you know, there there are a lot of demands on your time in, in this type of business. You just accept that. I would imagine the same is true in the political realm. Uh, there's going to be a lot of d- demands on your time. But when you do find that bit of downtime, what's what's your preferred go-to? What do you like? You mentioned music. What You know, tell us what your, you know a perfect day for Fred Hutton might be.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. So it starts off really early in the morning and I'm on a tee box in Terranova at the golf course. Nobody has played golf there yet. And they call it following the dew sweeper and the greens keepers go out in the morning with this special machine and they take the water off the greens for all the condensation. Now I don't normally get on the green very easily. It takes a few shots to get there, but no, like I, I, I'm, I'm joking around, but, early morning golf for me is great and then you know lunch with a couple of friends afterwards and hanging out with the family I always kind of the the older I got I think the more I enjoyed going home on a Friday afternoon after the week was over and the goal is, is all my chores have been done in terms of like I do the grocery shopping in our house because I'm a lousy cook so myself and my wife figured out early on she doesn't like shopping I don't like cooking so this is perfect I'll do the grocery shopping. You tell me what to get. And uh, I'll get the secret snacks for myself to hide away. And you can cook nice meals and I'll help clean up. We'll do all that. So, And then just spending time at home, not having to leave the house on the weekend and just hanging out and having friends around, um, you know, relaxing that way. So, you know, I haven't played a whole lot of golf in the last few years just because the, uh, the demands of the job that I had kept us on the road uh, quite a bit uh but uh, and i don't expect that really to change too much now but that's that's kind of my go to and just you know being around family and friends and having some downtime that way
0: secret snacks i know exactly what you're talking about i did the same thing last night <laughs> um it, that was uh, i guess you know when you respond with golf that's what you call a soft lob question knowing full well yeah. your love for golf but i'm going to ask you a really tough question now this is probably the most controversial question you'll receive in your political career but uh cats or dogs Dogs.
1: We just got a new dog, a year old dog that we're trying to stop from growling when I go to sit on the bed. <laughs> loves loves Bonnie. Uh, is warming up to me. But uh, yeah, we lost our dog about a year and a half ago, and it took. We were searching for this little lost, or uh, uh, like a smaller type dog, and we finally found one, and it's great. It's, uh, it's it, they bring definitely a lot of life uh, to a house. And uh, also a lot of puddles here and there until we get her trained properly. So (laughs) we'll see how that goes. We're working on that.
0: Well, I'm happy you've got that new addition to the family. I know how uh, much the loss of your last dog affected you. Um, Mooch, was it?
1: Yeah, well, the nickname was Mooch. The actual dog's name was Kissy. but uh the dog literally would was so food obsessed that after a while I just renamed her Mooch. And in it, so my daughter loved her so much, we actually gave her a, a she gave her an Instagram page and uh That that whole story is so funny because my daughter had been lost. We had a pug, and we lost the pug. She wanted another one, and I didn't particularly want to get that breed of dog, and I was sort of out of the dog stage. At one point, we had three, and I just couldn't go back there. So when we brought home this uh, ragamuffin Muppet dog, Kissy, that was inherited from Bonnie's aunt, my daughter was so mad that this is the dog after all these times, and in the end, the dog had its own Instagram account. Uh, that Claire loved her so much, and you know, would dress her up, and could do absolutely anything with this dog. Who in the beginning would would hide under the bed for the first like two or three months and wouldn't come out. So yeah, we absolutely loved having a dog around, and you know, we we actually uh, put up with four uh, old kids was incontinent for the last year but whatever you, you do whatever when they really are a part of your family and we just sort of followed her around with pee pads for <laughs> for probably a lot longer than most people would but uh, yeah it's great to have another little little critter around the house for sure and she's certainly coming into her own as a mooch as well learning how to beg because i'm a softie at the table
0: A lot of people can uh, relate to that. Uh, Fred Hutton, I know this is a very busy time for you. You've got a lot of busy days ahead. Uh, Really appreciate you carving this time out with us uh, today on Profiles. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks so much. And Linda, once again, uh, congratulations to you on your great career. Uh, I've worked with you for a lot of time, and I know that I've said this to you privately, but I'll say it publicly. uh, One of the hardest working journalists in the province. I don't know how you pump out as much news as you do in the run of a day, but it was an absolute pleasure getting to work with you for those few short years that we did. And uh, I'll never forget that. Thanks for the time today and the interest.
0: That's Fred Hutton on Profiles. I'm Linda Swain. Have a great day.